On today's show, San Diego Padres baseball is back, in the form of spring training at least. Reacting to yesterday's opener, including Joe Musgrove's blow-up start, Jackson Merrill in left field, and as well as some other things to keep an eye on for the rest of spring training, let's get into it. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, Friday, February 23rd. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or Lockdown Padres on the old tube of you. If you're curious, you can go find some of my baseball-related work at JustBaseball.com. I'm also just a regular entertainment journalist. You might be familiar with occasionally some of my work there at places like Nerdist, Inverse, Mental Floss, and many, many more. Today's episode, guys, we're talking spring training. It's finally here, Padres Baseball. And I've got some confessions. I've got some tips on how to watch it, how to experience it, and just recaps and whatnot. This will be now the first, technically, it's not going to be the majority of the show, the first game recap I've done since, what is that, October? So a few months now. It's been a while, and I'm kind of glad to be back in the regular routine swing of things. To use a little bit of a, a baseball pun at the end there. Uh, today's episode, guys, though, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers, if you join today... Guess what? $150 is on the line if you win your first bet of $5 or more. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. $150 in bonus bets. Go check that out. Fandle.com slash locked on to get started. And getting started with today's episode, let's first start with a recap. I know, it's so weird. And here, let me be very clear. I'm not going to be recapping every single bit and piece of information from spring training games because just to drop the facade for a second i just don't care about spring training almost in the smallest way now i think spring training has merit to it i think that there's a lot to to look out for especially this season which i've been talking about this podcast a lot that i actually am more excited about this spring training than previous ones because i feel like previous ones it was sort of set in stone what to expect instead of being like wow like Bogarts is there. It's like, yeah, but I'm not really going to learn anything about him from spring training. Same thing goes for when Stalin Darvish came, uh, Hassan Kim when he came over, right? Like all sorts of things. But this time, there's a genuine question about what's going to happen with the Padres outfield, what's going to happen with the back of the rotation, what's going to happen with some of those bullpen spots. There's some questions with what this roster will look like opening day. So I do think that there is some intrigue here. But in general, I just like, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Spring training just literally doesn't matter almost in the slightest when it comes to judging player to performance. I know that some people were reacting yesterday and they're like, oh, well, Merrill, he looks pretty good in left field and whatnot. Oh, I like how he dove for the ball there. And it's like, yeah, okay. But like in the sport of baseball, making any analysis based off of one play or one game, let alone spring training games, I find to often be a foolish endeavor. Um but that's just me. Maybe I'm an idiot. Um, but still, we're going to talk about it anyway because I want to talk about it, one, because we got some baseball games for once. Granted, not the type of baseball games I particularly am watching with a keen eye because it's spring training. And you're going to see a lot of players that you may never even hear about again. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of different players that have been invited and a lot of different prospects. But just to recap, uh, the Dodgers smoked them 
on ESPN, which I am hoping, here's one thing I'll say, even though it doesn't matter, I'm hoping it's not an omen of any sorts. So maybe that contradicts what I've been saying about how uh, nothing is spring trading matters, but I hope it's not an omen. 14 to one in favor of the Dodgers. Uh, Joe Musgrove gets absolutely blown up in this one. Doesn't get a single out, gives up four earned runs on two hits, walks one and just seven pitches. Was just ground ball, no, what is it called? Ground rule double heaven. For the Dodgers yesterday. Uh, just absolute heaven for them in that first inning. Let's see here. Teoscar Hernandez gets that double that I thought was out, by the way. Chris Owings, who I forgot was on the Dodgers. Um, Andy Pages and Kevin Padlow uh, all driving in runs, including one home run. Um, look, the Dodgers are going to be good. And I'm not going to spend too much of this episode talking about them whatsoever because, frankly, I think that no one is going to find them that interesting as a team after, like, two months into the season. Very Golden State Warriors-like where it's like, all right, guys, when can we pretend that we actually don't care that if you add 27 All-Stars to the same team that they're good? Wow. Who would have thought it, right? Individual players can be fun for the Dodgers for sure, but as a team, no one's going to care after, like, month two. Um, At least I don't. I don't care. (laughs) Wow, shocker. If you just add every player in the sport, you're going to be amazing. And Anyway, uh, (laughs) not not to get too frustrated and and let some of the tension leak out or whatnot, but here's the thing. Musgrove is one of the most consistent pitchers in the entire sport. First half splits, second half splits, month to month, lefty, righty, whatever. He's not a guy that relies too much on velocity. Unless I hear he's still hurt, unless I hear that there's a giant velocity dip, I don't really care. And even if there's a velocity dip, you have to remember that this is spring training. Um, just to give a little bit of a reminder, Garrett Cole for the Yankees, his first spring training had a start in which he gave up six earned runs on four home runs in just two innings, right? And that was against the Tigers, who very famously, especially back in 2020, not good. So a lot of people reacted to that and they're like, oh no, what could this mean? And blah, blah, blah. Just to give everybody a little bit of reassurance, I imagine my listeners and viewers already know not to take spring training too seriously and use it as a um, any any microcosm of sort to explain uh, what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Although, again, really bad Omen vibes. I think it was um, Tommy, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo on Twitter who tweeted like, this is giving me PTSD. And it's like, yeah, there was a vibe about that. But again, it doesn't matter too much. And Garrett Cole, let his his numbers Calm you if you're worried about Musgrove. He's the pitcher I'm least worried about, um, frankly. I was a little bit surprised. I had heard that Michael King was going to make an appearance yesterday, and he did not. There was a lot of pitchers used, obviously, in this game. Some that you probably haven't heard of. Gabe Mauser, for example. Um, Jeremiah Estrada hadn't really had much of a... In... What's the word? Like, any sort of uh, highlight, I think, before this. Although he did pitch for the, the Cubs last year. Not too much to talk about there. There were some interesting performances, though. I'd want to really quickly talk about some of those, though. Um, Musgrove, like I said, don't stress. The blow-up doesn't matter. Uh, Jackson Merrill in left field. Potentially a preview of opening day. Um, I think it's important to pay attention where he plays. Um, Because if he keeps getting work in left field or third or shortstop, something like that. Shortstop's probably not going to happen. That's where Hassan Kim's going to play. Same thing for Xander Bogarts. It would be weird if they made this big announcement. And then it's like, actually, Bogarts is is playing first and Kim will stay at second. We're playing Merrill at shortstop. Although I wish that that were the case and I wish that the Padres were in this situation where they have like seven shortstops on their team. I do think that there's a world in which instead of signing Xander Bogarts, they're just like Kim plays second. 
and then Meryl will play short later and we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Maybe that's potentially what could have happened. But um, this team and AJ Peller don't like don't like planning ahead, as we've been talking about on this podcast. But I'd pay attention to see how often he plays in left field, um, if he plays in center field at all. Um, I do think it matters that he played in left field because that wasn't necessarily the assumption. I think the assumption by some people is that if he makes the opening day roster, he could be the center field for the team because there's not a lot of reassurance there. Same thing goes for left field, though. Um, Jose Zocar probably, in my opinion, going to be another center field on the team. He could play good defense. But depending on how often Merrill plays there and depending on what we see out of Zocar, maybe that could signal that the team is going to make an acquisition uh, in the free agent market, whether it be Adam Duvall, whether it be Michael A. Taylor. Both players would be cheap. I personally prefer Duvall a bit, but Michael A. Taylor, one year, five mil. That could potentially happen. So keep an eye on that. Um, Cronenworth. Our boy Cronenworth, the only one that provided offense. He gets a home run in this game. Look, this is a guy who's hit before. Um, I don't think he's going to hit the way that he did in 2021, which was good for a WRC plus of 126. Year after that, 117. He was awesome then, too, with 21 home runs as well. Um, There's some hope. There's nothing in the exterior numbers that suggests that Cronenworth is going to bounce back in a big way. I don't think we had any, too many giant like injury questions with him last year. The only thing about him is that we were like, well, maybe he prefers playing at second, and that can matter sometimes. And then look, well, look what happened though is it doesn't seem like there's any sign that that is going to change. So at first base, I do think confidence matters for something like this. I think it's nice to see him hit a home run. It's nice to have that clean swing, uh, looking all right. Uh, but don't freak out about this. I just I don't know what to expect. I think he'll be better than last year. But they are really going to need a lot better than last year because Trent Grisham technically hit better last year than he did the year before, but it wasn't enough to offset his weaknesses elsewhere. And in Cronenworth's case, if he's not like a 115, 120 WRC plus guy in between there, it's going to be really hard to get value out of a guy that doesn't hit for a lot of power. Um, The best case scenario is you get a first baseman like Ty France, who's just a hit machine, hitter's hitter, doesn't strike out too much, gets some walks. That would be great. That's kind of the best case scenario um, for Jay Cronenworth in terms of his profile, not like the mechanics of the profile, but just what I'm hoping for um, from Cronenworth this year. But even still, very cool to see that home run. Rooting for you, buddy. Absolutely rooting for you. Before we continue talking about this, though, I've already spent a long time talking about a spring training game. What is wrong with me? Right? What is wrong with me? I, I mean, I haven't figured it out. I've been on this earth for 27 years. I still haven't figured it out. DM me or leave a comment if you understand what's wrong with me. That'd be very helpful. But you know what? You know what doesn't have any faults, guys? The company known as Backblaze, ladies and gentlemen. And here's the thing. It's in the name. You want to be a blazing backup. You want to back up all of your data across all sorts of Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year. Easily protect business data through essentially managed admin, I should say, not administration. It's a little bit too fancy of a word. Uh, protect all the data on your machines automatically. Easy to deploy across multiple workstations with various deployment options. You can add on enterprise control, which includes granular access permissions, advanced single sign-on, group management controls, and compliance support. So for all you business owners out there, that could be very, very helpful. Backblaze offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. How about that? Boom. You're worried about stuff? This It takes the way. The ease of mind, folks. 
is something that's worth uh, worth looking into, let me tell you. Access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using their web app or their iOS or Android apps. You can restore by mail. There's over 55 billion files that have been restored for customers using Backblaze. So go check it out, backblaze.com slash MLB so they know where you came from and continue to support this here Lockdown Padres show. Uh, recommended by the New York Times, uh, Inc. Magazine, Macworld, PC World, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9 to 5 Mac. Everybody loves Backblaze is what I'm getting at here. And also, you know me at Lockdown Padres, guys. We give you guys bonuses just for listening to this show. That's how cool we are. Go check out backblaze.com slash MLB to get a fully featured, no-risk, free trial. That's right there. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Backblaze.com slash MLB. Go check it out. And just like that, we are back, folks, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. That was really loud. Um, let's keep let's keep it going, man. Let's keep talking about some spring trading observations. So the Cronenworth homer was cool. Eggie Rosario at third base. Um, didn't get to actually see him make any plays in this one necessarily, but he does go one for one with a walk, which is very nice. Um, cool stuff. I Eggie Rosario, here's what I'll say. He is why I was like, look, I'm okay with trading Hassan Kim and letting him play third base uh, for the start of the season because I don't know how long Manny Machado is going to be out, um, but I don't think it'll be hopefully too long. And then when he comes back, it's like, okay, Eggy Rosario is a bench guy or whatever, depending on how he plays, maybe he becomes a bench player. But for me, my thing is like, he's he's been an average hitter at times and I wouldn't mind seeing him play. Let's just test the guy out. You know, Let's see what we get from this utility sort of infielder potentially. So him over at third base does that portend of who may be the starting third baseman for this team come opening day? It certainly does. It's totally possible, especially if there doesn't look like there's a a trade, doesn't look like there's a free agent on the market. I know Matt Chapman's out there, but he's too pricey probably for what the Padres are looking for, and I don't think they should anyway, although I do love Matt Chapman. Um, but probably nothing going to happen there because you have Manny coming back in like a few weeks to a month. It doesn't seem like this is a long-term injury that's going to be wow, he's going to be DHing for four months, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it, at least in my opinion. So that's not going to happen. But still, for the beginning of the season, keep an eye on Eggie Rosario. I think he's a decent hitter. And in small samples, has been okay defensively. Um, Graham Pauly had a stint over at third base. He is also, in today's game, going to be playing first base. He's one to keep an eye on. I want to see where they want to slot him. Because it's been, based on the data, based on some of the, the scattering reports, the things about him, and Arm Layton, friend of the show, loves Graham Pauly, thinks that he's one of the sneaky, sleeper prospects that he's willing to bet on, uh, like vaulting up another level in prospect rankings this year, that he can hit. The question is just, where does he play? You know, whether it be outfield or first base, third base, that's something to keep an eye on is where he's going to play in the infield uh, or outfield, potentially. So keep an eye on that. Ethan Salas, our boy, 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Doesn't matter. Kid's, like, not even old enough to drink yet. So who cares? You know what I mean? But it is just cool to see him. And I think just literally him being there is already a statement. And no, I do not think that this means that the Pirates are thinking about promoting him. Hopefully they don't. Because uh, that would be a disaster. Um, I think that he should be staying at the current level he's at. And let's take some time. Catchers are weird with their development. But the fact that he's even there is awesome. So shouts to Ethan Salas. Love you very much. I thought that Michael King was going to be pitched. That was going to be my next point that I was going to talk about. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And doesn't might not happen today. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, but Michael King is one to just keep an eye on. 
Uh, but for him, it's the same thing with all these guys. I just want to know if they're healthy, and that's all that really matters. Um, Yuki Matsui was exciting uh, in this game, making his basically his major league debut. Uh, one inning, no hits, no walks, three strikeouts. There again, it seems like go Matsui Suarez closer battle to look out for. Matsui, he could turn some heads, but also keep in mind the three strikeouts. It's really cool, but. Pitch batters really don't have a lot of data on this guy yet. So it's going to be one of those things where I actually wouldn't be surprised if Matsubi came out to start the season on fire. And then maybe when teams get a little bit used to him, uh, maybe we'll see something change. But hey, he's been really good for a long time, and I'm really optimistic about him. And then also Kevin Copps made a little bit of an appearance. One inning, one walk, one strikeout, two hits allowed. Rooting for him, friend of the show. He's been on the podcast before. You guys can go check out that interview, I think, from two years ago. Potentially... He's had some success throughout his career. Potentially a long inning reliever to keep an eye on. Um, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, but that's it from yesterday's game, guys. Again, I need to emphasize now the in general spring training stuff. Um, I don't like doing the... I, I just, again, I really don't like looking into and being like, well, look at that one great play from Jackson Merrill. Did I tweet about it? Yes, because I like engagement and seeing numbers go up. But Jackson Merrill made a nice play in left field. Diving sort of catch. He also... You know, tracked one ball really well. I forgot who was, it might have been Chris Taylor, but I forgot um, that he, you know, is, uh, what's that called? Reaction time was good. But I don't want to react to these things because I just don't know what they, I don't know what they mean. Baseball's too hard already to judge like major league sample sizes. So Lord knows I'm not judging spring training. Spring training is when guys are just testing things out. Except for your type of players that we don't know for sure if they're making the team. So that would be my advice to everybody, my in general thing. Look at guys like Merrill, look at Pauly, look at Jacob Marcy, look at Kevin Copps, look at maybe Matsui a little bit. Matsui is an exception. Him and Go, because they are international players who are coming over for the first time. So those guys, I think, are fun to watch. Otherwise, not much. I mean, Steven Wilson was in this game. Don't care. He had two walks. Don't care. Um, we'll see. We'll see, overall. Um, but that's it for that one game. Let's talk about in general things that I haven't already discussed um, for you to keep an eye out for the rest of spring training. Um, first of all, in today's game, I believe the lineup was already announced, and it's going to be Johnny Brito pitching for the team. Um, look, here's the thing. I think that Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez are both going to be long relievers, hopefully, I think, for this team. But I'm still curious to see because he's got decent stuff. And he could potentially make an impact. I don't know if he's going to be a back end of the rotation guy. I don't know if the Padres are still thinking of signing. It, there hasn't been, like, any rumors here. I think that they're okay on pitching. But I'm curious to see if they're like, you know what? I don't want to be doing the Randy Vasquez-Johnny Brito thing. We're actually we're actually going to go out and sign Michael Lorenzen. You know, I don't know for sure. It doesn't seem like it, there's any signs of that necessarily so far. But keep an eye on Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez, just a little bit. They have major league experience already, so I'm not as intrigued by them as other guys, but even still, I keep an eye on them. Um, yeah, there's not many people in the lineup today. we got Higashioka uh, making his Padres debut, which is kind of cool. Matthew Batten at third base, that's another one to keep an eye on in terms of competition with Eggy Rosario. Um, Batten kind of did exactly what his name suggests, which was he was just a fair batter uh, for the team last year. He actually had a 106 WRC plus, 258 average, and 355 on base percentage. Doesn't hit for power uh, is the problem. So for me, with him, it's going to be a defensive thing. Can he play a better third base than Eggy Rosario? 
That I'm not sure about. But granted, very limited sample size for both of them. Just 140 innings uh, for um, Matthew Batten last year. Negative one defensive run save. Two outs above average. So fine, but not a big sample size. I think that's what they're going to be looking at between these two. Because if he can just be a decent fielder, you might have like a decent bench player here. Because again, in 139 plate appearances, that slash line isn't too bad. Just a decent batting average on base guy. Not too bad. I don't think he's got a lot of power at all, but could be worse. So I'm keeping an eye on Matthew Batten. Um, Grant Pauly is playing first base, which I alluded to before. Again, he's one that I want to keep an eye out for what position he's going to be playing. Otherwise, not a lot of crazy interesting stuff here. But even still, uh, it's cool to have baseball back, man, in some form. Even if it's just that I was actually messaging my 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 friend yesterday, my Australian friend, yesterday uh who mentioned like you know it's really cool to have baseball back and i'm like yeah there's there's something easing to know that for the next six months now this either sounds like a nightmare to some or heaven to others that we won't have intrusive thoughts we'll at least have something to talk about every day that to me is how i consume baseball full full uh disclaimer like i often am doing a little other thing on the side and i think that's what baseball should be for now the beginning of the season i'm locked in you know what I mean? I'm going to be excited about everything that happens being a season. But when you get into the dog days, it's just, it's more of just like, hey, yeah, I might be writing an article, doing some work on the side, and then I have the game on my laptop or, you know, on my TV or whatever. And it's always fun to just have something. So that's what's really cool about spring training is to just get you in the mood, get you in the routine, get the vibes back. You know what I mean? But in terms of like actual baseball, who cares? It just doesn't matter in terms of for the major league roster. Um, but it does matter for the minor league guys. Before we wind down about some other things I want everyone to keep an eye on for the rest of spring training, let me talk to you about something that absolutely always matters and I do care about always and consistently. That is FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen. They are always here for you and football is over, but you can still get them buckets, man, over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. $150. Bucks. If your first bet wins, I mean, simple as that. Go give it a try. They've got quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. You want to bet over unders? You want to bet first total rebounds? I don't. I don't care. You, you bet anything on FanDuel, man. And they've got you covered. And let me tell you, um, there's been some crazy NBA performances. I I recommend everyone go look up Kirk Goldsberry's little chart of offensive efficiency by year. Offense is insane in the NBA right now. So you might be able to get it over. Or under, frankly, but an over on like any player with any stat. It's kind of insane right now. I'm just seeing like Sadiq Bay drop 29 sometimes. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy, like what the league is right now with the talent. But go check that out, guys. Fandle.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fandle, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And just like that, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, here in the waning moments of the Lockdown Padres podcast for your weekend. So that's a few other things that I want to keep an eye on, okay? So, like I said, Musgrove, don't care. Michael King, curious to, to just see him. I just want to see the guy. And I'm curious to see if he adds a new pitch. Maybe. I don't think that's necessarily what he's going to do, but I'll keep an eye on that. And then, like I said, uh, Jackson Merrill, left field, center field, where would Grand Pauly play, things like that. Um... Definitely want to see if the Padres still sign. This this doesn't have anything to do with the games, but I definitely still want to see if they sign someone to play center field. Um, I just don't know if they want to head into the season 
being like, yes, it will be Jose Azokar or Jackson Merrill or Graham Pauly or Jacob Marcy for these last two outfield spots. I just don't see them doing that because Jerkson Profar is more of a fourth outfielder at this point in his career. Um, I still think the vibes can carry him and maybe he'll be a two-win player again. I don't know. Um, again, I think that was a really good signing. I like him for one year. But keep in mind, he was quite horrendous last year in one of the easiest hitting ballparks in Major League Baseball, Coors Field. And he was one of the worst graded defenders last year. So again, I love the vibes, but I just think that you need a little bit more proven Major League talent. I think that there could be a situation where they don't want to sign a guy for more than two years. And then maybe Michael A. Taylor doesn't want to only play for a contract for one year. So what I'm basically saying here is there's probably a standoff going around. I still don't know what's going on with some of the bigger free agents in baseball. Like, it's crazy that Blake Snell hasn't signed. It's absolutely insane. It's literally spring training games have started. Like, what are we doing? Um, maybe maybe he signs by the time you finish listening to this episode. I don't know. But that's weird. I think that with those last two outfield spots, I'd like to get a one-year rental, dude. Um, some expiring contract where it's like, who cares? It's just for one year. Uh, so then you would have enough money to be able to spend. It would not impact the Padres' projected plan, which is to spend next offseason based on reports that we've heard. And if that's the case, then one-year guy, Michael A. Taylor, Adam Duvall in center field, that would be great. And would give you a lot more stability and just some major league experience. You know, you don't want to have it just all young guys and then Profar that you're hoping to field the rest of an outfield that is allegedly still trying to compete for a championship or at least be a contender. So I'd watch out for that. Um, like I said with Eggy Rosario, next thing, obviously, and I've said this before, but you Darvish's health. I'm curious to see how much he pitches because this will also play into, I think, who becomes the opening day starter. I don't know who it'll, who it'll be. It's been Darvish before. It's been Snell. It was Snell last year, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Musgrove was hurt last year, so he wasn't. But he's been the opening day starter before. Uh, probably going to be him. I just think he's the guy. And also, like, everyone loves Joe Musgrove. You know what I mean? Like, he's just kind of like the... There's a reason why I think he is more of a padre than you Darvish. And that is not a shot at you Darvish. You Darvish is you Darvish. Like, that's almost cooler, dare I say, is just being known for you. But with Joe Musgrove, it's like being the San Diego native, being the guy who threw the first no-hitter in franchise history. That was so exciting. Like, that that's why. So I think he's going to get the opening day start. If he doesn't, maybe they want to save him for, like, the home Padres game, uh, which I don't know when the first... Who is the first home game? It's, it's against San Fran, but is that first series uh, at home? It is. So maybe they want to save him. Maybe they don't use it for the Dodgers series. You know, Darvish starts is in, in sale, so maybe that's what they're thinking. Get a little bit more traction, get people excited. You use King and Darvish, and then you have Musgrove for the home opener. That could be fun. So that's a storyline to watch out for. Um, already mentioned Kevin Copps. Definitely rooting for him. Um... Given the position change announcement of Xander Bogarts going to second base and Hassan Kim going to shortstop, and then the coinciding rumors that they want to extend him, keep an idea, keep an, um, not an idea, um, keep your ear open that that might happen in spring training. Because keep in mind that this also did happen last year. They extended a bunch of players, including Manny Machado, who everyone was talking about, oh, he's free agent after this year and all these things. And then he gets extended. So that could totally happen. Very similar last year to Manny Machado. And that's his boy. So it would kind of be poetic if that was something to happen. Um, another thing, I mentioned it before, but just keep a tiny, 
tiny, tiny, tiny, tiny open mind to the idea that Blake Snell could be back to the Padres. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it should happen. But they like him. I love him. Maybe that's why it's taken so long. Again, maybe the right deal comes around. Maybe Major League teams, for once, although I don't believe this, don't budge and actually don't pay him. I don't think it'll happen. You know why? Because it never happens. These guys always get paid, which is why the slowness of free agency always drives me insane. It's not like teams being penny pinchers has ever resulted in one of these guys not getting paid. You know what I mean? It's like Manny Machado signed practically like before my junior year of college was over. Like that was like it was like a week to go and he finally signed and he signed for like 300 million. So it was like, what was the point of this? Same thing goes for Bryce Harper. So I would just keep an eye out for it. But in general, I would more keep an eye out for one of those one year type of pitchers. One-year type of starters, one-year type of center fielders is the thing to keep on an eye on for spring training. Um, the closer battle, Dennis Lynn mentioned this um, That's that uh, in his article for The Athletic that Suarez is still the favorite, although he stopped missing bats last year. Hopefully he's healthy. He's one to watch for sure this spring training out of guys who have proven major league talent, in my opinion, are generally something you don't look at for spring training. But Suarez and the rest of those relievers, I am. Because I do want to know if there's going to be a closer. They might not have one. They might go closer by committee, which I think would be, frankly, just interesting. You know what I mean? And just kind of, I'd be engaged by that. I'd be just curious to see what that looks like. Because I haven't watched um, a team, a Padres team in a while, have a closer by committee. I'd say the closest was probably that first year that I hosted with when Kirby Yates went down. That's probably the closest that we have, but then it was Pomeranz. So, it could, you know what I mean? Like, it's they've always kind of had that radio closer. So, if they want to go raise with it, then sure. And maybe Mike Schill is the right GM for that. He's had success before. So, maybe he's going to be good for that. But again, um, Matsui, another thing, he is going to need some time adjusting to the pitch clock, is something that Dennis Lynn also mentioned. Um, so, definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, I think that that's going to be in general for both him and Go. Just every player that's coming over the first time. The pitch clock will take a second, I imagine. But not in a giant way. And, I mean, just remember last year, Manny Machado was complaining about it. And then he had, like, what, a week? And then he was like, yeah, it's not that bad. I just have to get used to it. You see what I mean? Like, I think that there are more players that might have been thrown off by the pitch clock last year than maybe we we realized. Um, It's possible with Machado combined with his injury. Maybe that's why he had a little bit of a down year. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious. And apparently it's going to be, I think, even shorter this year. So that's something to look out for for Matsui is the pitch clock. And I know that our boy Salas struck out a pitch clock violation, which was very unfortunate. But, hey, it's what the sport is now. I'm cool with it. And I hope you guys are, too. Um, There's basically not much else, in my opinion, um, beyond that. And those individual things are a big deal, though. But I don't think that there's a crazy amount of other stories to keep an eye on this offseason. I'd say it's Eggy Rosario, Matthew Batten, Marcy, um, Jackson Merrill, um, Graham Pauly, whether or not they bring in a center fielder or starting pitcher on like a one-year sort of deal. Maybe it's a one-year deal with a player option. Maybe they do that. Um, They did do that with Michael Waka and Seth Lugo last year. So that could be something that they try to do, especially on the pitching side. Um, And then just to see where Graham Pauly plays, what position does he play. I'm excited though, man. Uh, this is this is fun. I'm really curious to see what the opening day roster looks like. If you want to really read in the tea leaves and say them putting Merrill day one in left field is because that's what their plan is, then maybe. But otherwise, man, I'm curious. I'm really curious, and 
Um, I wouldn't freak out about anything. And again, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are nerds, man. Who cares how many runs they score? Even though, again, it felt very PTSD-like. That's basically basically it, folks. Um, spring training's back. Going to be recapping games only a t- tiny bit for the remainder of the offseason. I'm not going to do game like recaps like and notable plays and whatnot because, again, I don't want to read into small sample sizes, and especially small sample sizes that don't matter. As I mentioned with Joe Musgrove, just to remind everyone, Garrett Cole gave up six certain runs on four home runs at a spring training start once, so don't freak out, even if he didn't get a single out. Maybe he was just testing some things out because this is a guy who has a large repertoire, um, not as large as someone like you Darvish's, but he's a, a guy with a bunch of different pitches that have a lot of different movement, you know, so maybe that's part of it. He was trying some new stuff. Um, the breaking pitches just weren't breaking as much as usual, but hey, he's rusty. Whatever. It happens. <sighs> that's it, everybody, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Going to be recapping some other spring training stuff in small increments for the rest of the offseason. But also, next week, roundtable discussion with the rest of the hosts for the National League West. Going to be doing that. Going to be talking about favorite cult players, cult favorites among the Padres and the Giants since both me and Ben Kaspik have been hosting. That's going to be a lot of fun. Monday. Also, I forgot to say this at the top of the podcast. Leave me any of your questions or thoughts, and you might have a chance to have them read. Either you can DM me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, or leave a YouTube comment, whatever. I love answering your guys' questions, even if they are silly, like we did last Monday, or this past Monday, about what the Padres would be if they were playing football positions. Whatever you guys want. Occasionally, even, if you wanted me to not talk about baseball, totally cool with that too, but try to keep it with baseball, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So... That about does it for today's edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.